Hey guys, what's up? You're listening to ADHD Witch, the podcast for neurodivergent spiritual seekers, witches, and weirdos. I'm Evanora, a neurodivergent, empath, tarot reader, solitary witch, and meditation teacher. Get ready for some realness, probably some swearing, and definitely a lot of distraction. Let's get to it. Hello and welcome to episode three, Protection. I realize that a lot of my listeners are new to magic, witchcraft, um, spirituality, and the occult, and it would be a disservice to not cover this subject right off the bat. So uh, today I'd like to talk about protection magic. Now, this might sound like something ancient that's not necessary today, like we don't have um, you know, robbers coming to steal our flocks and, and our, you know, whatever, chickens. Um, there's no witch hunters coming to get us, hopefully. Uh, and so, we, you know, we're in the U.S. at least, we're not exactly in a war-torn country yet, but there's still need for protection magic. So the way I think of it is vibrations cause reality. And so what we're doing nowadays for protection is mostly to protect our vibration and our um, our soul, I guess. Um, protecting from outside influences, negativity, uh, and, and taking on the emotions of other people. For empaths, that's a big one. Um, and even some people may intentionally, you know, send bad vibes your way. It happens. Um, you know, for the most part, we're not expecting attacks from other witches. I see a lot of that on Tumblr, like how to protect from a, a witch attack. I mean, it's not... We're not in the craft here. Uh, you know, everybody's just trying to do their own thing and and just use magic to get by. So it's that unintentional vibrational shift that we're really trying to protect from, um, as well as, you know, unavoidable dangers such as, you know, traffic and driving. Um, I have a protection bag that I put in my car that, you know, I, I'm not thinking that somebody's going to go out of their way to get me or anything, it's to protect against accidents and to protect against, you know, the unforeseen. So, you know, going along with that, that protection bag that I have in my car, I'll just say that I have actually felt um, another car coming up, almost shifting out of their lane, and it felt like a bubble and it just bounced right off. That's, that's how real this is. So, you know, things could still happen. Of course, I'm, I'm not driving recklessly. I'm not thinking that I'm invincible while I do this. But I will also say that I haven't got a speeding ticket since putting it in there. <laughs> so <laughs> it protects for all kinds of things. Um, but it's just that vibration of I, I'm setting the boundary that the vibration around and in this car is protected and peaceful. I don't have road rage ever since I put that thing on. Hmm. I just realized that now. Maybe it's just because I'm getting more meditative in spirit. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, protection is a very real need if you're going to be in this world. Um, the more you learn about vibrations and, you know, reincarnation, crystals, spells, like all these things, there's so many different facets, but all of it, if you're going to learn about it, you really need to have your protection on point. And when I say on point, I mean multiple points. So you can't rely on just one spell or one charm or blessing. You really need 
layers of protection. Um, I think of it as, well, an onion, you know, not to be too Shrek, but, you know, <laughs> onions have layers. So I have, mm, should I say what I have? I don't know if that's a no-no or not. Whatever. I have a charm for the house. I have crystals all over the house. I have a bracelet that protects me on my person. I have, um, what else? I at one point sprinkled black tourmaline crystals around the perimeter of the house. That was pretty cool. Um, and that was back when multiple trees were falling in our yard and not a single one hit the house. So there you go. Um, so for protection for yourself, let's talk about different uses of magic. So the big ones that I can think of are crystals, herbs, candles, uh, sprays, like oil, essential oils and stuff like that. Um, what else? Comment if you can think of anything else. Uh, so, ooh, sigils. Sigils are great. I'll probably think of more as we go. But for crystals, um, tons and tons of crystals are said to be good for protection. I feel like anytime I look one up, it says protection and <laughs> clearing your vibration. I wonder if it's just all crystals do that or what. But some of my favorites are um, hematite, labradorite. I have lots of those. For me personally, I like black tourmaline, like I was saying. I have like four or five big chunks of it in the house at different points of entry to uh, protect against bad people and bad vibes coming in. Um, smoky quartz is excellent. Rutilated quartz. So rutilated means that there's pieces of another crystal in there. Um, tourmalinated quartz means there's black tourmaline in the quartz. And I actually have one of those too. Um, let's see. Metals, bronze, iron, steel. There's a lot of lore about steel or no iron. It's iron. Um, warding away fairies. So um, sometimes the fae can be very tricky. And I definitely, I don't know if I believe in them or not, but I'm like, no, thank you. Don't want any fairies in my house, in my yard. I don't want to mess with them. So if they're real, no, thank you. I don't need that trickery. So iron would be good for that. Um, obsidian, onyx, all the black um, jet all the black crystals are essentially excellent for protection. Um, ruby, selenite, smoky amethyst, tiger's eye absolutely is good for protection. Uh, and then when you think of plants, again, so many herbs are great for protection. Um, I use black pepper. I use... Basil, not so much. Let's see. Hmm. Valerian. Agrimony Angelica. Angelica root is great. I've used that before. I think there's some of that in my protection sachet in the car. Um, I also have rue and what's that other one? Nettle. Good for protection. So, oh, mistletoe is good for protection. Look at that. So incense is um, kind of in the same vein as herbs. So, you know, um, frankincense, myrrh. Um, what else? Oh, dragon's blood. Dragon's blood is my favorite for protection. I burn a stick of that and um, you can just feel everything pushed out. It's excellent. For, let's see. For, well, sigils um, or symbols. You know, some of the most well-known are 
the pentagram, um, the star with the circle around it. It's not evil. It's for protection. Um, the evil eye, if you've seen that blue eye symbol, a lot of people are putting it on jewelry nowadays. That's for protection against the evil eye. I don't know. The picture of the evil eye wards off the evil eye, something like that. And then um, the Hamsa hand also wards off the evil eye. Um, and I guess I should explain, if you don't know, the evil eye is that unintentional bad juju that people give you when they're jealous or they are like, ugh, why does she have to dress so brightly? Ugh, why does she have to have purple hair? That's the evil eye. And it can kind of mess with your vibe and your um, your peace. So, you know, I, I wear the Hamsa hand on my bracelet and um, I put Hamsa hands on a lot of the jewelry that I make also um, for protection against that accidental, you know, bad vibe. Um, the cross, where is it? It was not in this book, but the cross is really a protective symbol. Um, now, not talking about the Christian cross right now. Um, in ancient times, there were a lot of, there was a lot of use of just an equal cross, like a plus sign with a circle around it. And they would, um, you know, put that on, on everything, uh, for protection. And that was a symbol used very often, um, for pagans. And now, you know, since the dawn of the Christian religion and, and that's kind of taken over most of the world, there's that other symbol of the cross that, you know, a lot of people give it meaning and the actual symbolism of the two lines crossing at 90 degrees actually is a symbol of protection. So, you know, when my boyfriend has crosses up, I don't mind so much um, because it's still a protective symbol. Um, and just the idea that people have given it so much power in their minds, I think also just creates a protective symbol. So that's actually a good segue into sigils. So we're talking about symbols and now sigils are created specifically for a purpose. And so you can make sigils several different ways. Um, you can look all that kind of stuff up on uh, Tumblr. They have <laughs> some information on Tumblr is good. Some of it's not. So, you know, you always got to shop around and read multiple sources. But sigils can be made by using um, ancient, what's it called? Norse runes. Um, so you might see um, on Pinterest, Instagram, Tumblr, and those kinds of things, um, people with these rune stones. And each rune means something. Um, this was also the alphabet for that area and that time period. Uh, so each one, you know, represents a letter, but then also has a whole word slash idea meaning kind of in the way that um, Japanese characters are an entire word. Um, so when you use it in divination, it has a specific meaning, but you can also use that to create your own meaning. So when you look at these runes, if you've seen them before, if not, go look them up. They're pretty cool. Um, it's a lot of geometric line work. And so there's no swirls or anything, no, no real curves. It's just straight lines and very specific angles. And so you can kind of overlap multiple in a way that looks like its own glyph, kind of. Um, and that's called a, I think it's just called a rune, but you know, it's a new rune that you made. So for instance, you could take, um, the one that means, I don't have the information right in front of me right now, but you know, you could take the one that means horse, you know, and that kind of is synonymous with the chariot in 
tarot. Um, so that would be like moving forward and, and going and doing things and getting shit done. Um, and then you could also take, let's see, um, the year. There's a symbol for the year. And, um, you know, if you overlap those, superimpose them on top of each other, now you have an action-packed year. You know, a year of getting shit done and, and this is your time. So you could use that uh, to anoint the paper where you write your new year's resolutions, for instance. Um, so you can use those for protection. And so another way you can use runes is you can just write them right next to each other. Um, but when you make your own sigil, like those overlapping symbols, what you're doing is creating something new that has its own meaning specific to what you want. And as you are drawing it, looking at it, you're imbuing it with power. And that's really how you charge a sigil is, you know, you're thinking about your purpose, you put these all together, and you have something completely new, completely customized to you. And as you you put it away and you, you kind of forget about it, um, is ideally. Uh, and from there, it kind of takes a life of its own. So now you may look at it five years from now, you know, you may uncover a new, an old notebook and see what you drew. You might forget what it means, but its meaning is still in that sigil. And so you, you can, that's why I like <laughs> making something new instead of just writing uh, the runes right next to each other because you can see clearly which ones they are. Um, sometimes when you overlap them, it gets jumbled and you, you can't tell which ones you have in there because they're, the lines are, you know, very similar sometimes. Um, but that sigil knows. And so that's what I'm rambling to try to get at is that when making a sigil of any type, you're putting your meaning into it and feeding it, and then it just runs on autopilot. Um, another way to make a sigil is just writing in, you know, English Roman letters uh, what you want. So, you know, write out the word protection. Um, some people will say to take out the vowels and just use the consonants. It's one way to do it. So there's less variables in there. Um, you know, you, you knock out any uh, unnecessary words like the, as, stuff like that. Um, so instead of writing, protect me from everything, you could just write protect me. Um, cause the rest is redundant. So I'm gonna have to write this down because I can't, um, visualize that. Okay. So you take out the O, the E, the I, the O. Now you have P, R, T, C, T, N. And now you can get artistic and kind of make a symbol out of those letters. And you just, you know, take your time make different versions of it, see what really uh, resonates with you as, you know, beautiful and actually symbolic of that. So I've seen some people, especially on Tumblr, one of my favorite sigil makers, I guess, is on Tumblr. And they, um, they have a way of making the symbol, the end product, almost resemble the thing that you're asking for. It's really amazing. So there is some artistic component involved in that. Um, but if you're not artistic, you can always do it the, the rune way. Um, super easy. So those are the two big ways to make sigils. Another way is like this wheel with the letters around it and you draw a line around this. It gets a little crazy and sometimes they don't look so good. So I don't love that method. Um, and you can't, it's, I don't know. I don't like it. 
You do you though. So moving on from sigils. Charms. That's the next thing I wanted to talk about. So charms can be jewelry, which I love, um, but also things in your home. So I have a charm in my foyer um, that I got at a wonderful um, psychic fair. And this woman was making beautiful branch art and she was engraving and wood burning into it the sigils and then like just these beautiful swirling patterns across it and she attached um she attached pine cones to it and crystals and all kinds of things she had big ones and small ones she had whole brooms and like you know three foot long branches and i really loved it i was drawn to this one specific one that kind of it was an imperfect branch, which of course drew me to it right away. Um, and it's, I hate to compare it to this because I don't like guns, but it's almost shaped like a gun. Like it's like a long piece with a little knot and a tail at the end. Um, but anyway, and it's got three little crystals hanging off of it and it has protection runes burned in. And I just love it so much. And it's actually fallen before, uh, right before something, something bad happened. I forget what it was. I apparently blocked it out, but, um, yeah, this thing, the, the command hook that I had attached it to the ceiling with just let go, fell to the floor, a crystal broke off and it was sitting in my room for, I don't know how long. I just never got around to fixing it because ADHD, but, um, so then something happened and I was like, what, what, what happened to all my protection spells? Like, why am I not protected? I have like 15 things going on. And then remembered, oh, my biggest one, my favorite one is out of commission. So I very quickly put that back together, put it right up and haven't had very many mishaps since then. Fingers crossed. But, um, oh, hey, fingers crossed. That's an ancient, uh, you know, protection thing fingers crossed, knocking on wood. That's all folk magic. I don't know if you realize that, but there's so many things every day that we do that's rooted in folk magic. Anyway, um, so that's an example of a charm. Um, my, why does it say record for 30 minutes max? Oh, okay. I'll just start another section after. So um, yes, I have multiple symbols on my fancy bracelet. I have the Hamsa hand, like I said. I have a skull. I have a, a little star thing. They don't really make like pentagram, pentagram beads for these fancy bracelets, but I got a star, so it looks like that. Um, I've got the Clada hands with a heart. Um, got the Ohm symbol, and I've got a little Taurus symbol. So part of it's for protection, part of it's for just remembering who I am and um, you know, what I really stand for. And that in a way gives off a vibe of protection. Like I am me and I'm not going to change. I am protecting myself from outside influences and, you know, shame and things like that. So that's one way you can incorporate magical charms is just having, you know, store-bought jewelry that has meaning to you. Another thing I like, um, because you know I love meditation, is mala beads. So I'm wearing them right now. I hope they're not making too much noise. But a mala necklace has uh, exactly 108 beads and usually has some kind of charm or tassel at the end. And the idea is in meditation, you're chanting your mantra, you chant it 108 times. And so instead of counting in your head, which would distract you from the purpose of meditation, um, you just put your finger on each bead as you go. Um, so I love, love it. I have two mala necklaces and one mala bracelet, um, and all of them have 108 beads. So, um, that's excellent for protection during meditation because you can enter mental states where, you know, your brain waves are really slowed down and 
things can happen, you know. I I don't want to say I'm not talking about possession, so calm down. I'm not talking about demons or anything like that. I'm just saying that there are other entities around that could influence you. And I, you know, it's not going to be like the exorcist or anything, but you know, you are you, you have your barrier up and you don't want anything intruding while you're trying to meditate. That's all I'm getting at. I won't go further than that. (laughs) Okay. Then, uh, rings also are great. Um, I have some rings with huge crystals on them. I have a Labradorite ring that's, um, made of hmm, brass, I think brass or copper. I think it's brass, but it stains my finger anyway. And then I have a black tourmaline ring also, because, you know, it's my favorite. Um, got Oh, I have a um, secondhand ring uh, with, what's it called? Peridot in it. I don't know if I said that right. I always read the word and go back and forth on whether it's peridot or peridot. So what do you think? Let me know. <laughs> um pronunciation is a constant struggle in witchcraft. So don't feel bad if you say things wrong. It happens. Um, So where was I? Yes, the secondhand ring that I got in an antique store in Maine. Oh, it's so pretty. It's in the shape of like a triquetra, which is like um, that symbol on the book in, in Charmed. That's a triquetra. It's Celtic. And um, also a symbol of protection, BT dubs. And so I saw that shape and I was like, I have to have this. And I said, what kind of gem is that? And is it real? And they knew right away, like this store was filled with junk, not junk, but like a ton of stuff and tons and tons of jewelry. And I pull it, they pull it out and they're like, oh, that's Peridot. And I was like, wow, (laughs) you knew that. Okay, cool. And, um, you know, they said, do you want to try it on? And so that was pivotal in taking something secondhand because I could hold it, feel the energy from it and make sure that it wasn't, I wasn't bringing home something negative. Um, you have to be careful of that when you are purchasing secondhand items, um, whether it's furniture, dolls, especially, um, or jewelry, you know, feel it out, see the vibe, um, and definitely cleanse it no matter what. Um, but mine, my, that ring felt good. I cleansed it anyway, and it has been one of my best friends. I love that little ring. I wear it all the time. So um, I think Peridot is one of the uh, protective stones. Also, um, I'll need to look that up. I won't say any more about Peridot because I forget the words, the correct words to use. Hmm, <laughs> ADHD brain. So, um, We're going to take a break for a hot second because I can only record for 30 minutes at a time. So I'll be right back. Okay, so for a little intermission, I decided to pull some oracle cards. So what I have here now is the Spirit de la Lune deck. It's an oracle deck. Um based on the moon, as you can tell from the name. These cards are beautiful. I wish you could see them. I'll show my live people. See? And I got the shiny holographic edition. Anyway, I've already shuffled, so let me just pull something. We just had the full moon. Oh, something jumped out at me. Let's go with that one. We just had the full moon in Aquarius. And I've pulled Waxing Crescent and it says play. So the waxing crescent is the growing phase. Um, So this is a great time to work on your projects, keep pushing through and uh, manifest. So focus on all the growing type activities, you know, working on writing a paper or, you know, planning a podcast. Um, you know, uh, well, stuff like that. 
In contrast, the waning moon is when it's getting smaller, and that's when you're holding back. Um, I don't want to say holding back. That's not nice. You're resting and um, planning for the future. So waxing is the opposite. And I like that this particular card, there's multiples for, you know, each waxing and waning phase because it takes a while to get from, you know, new moon to first quarter. So there's multiple waxing crescent cards in here. This one in particular says play. So this is a time currently to just give things a try. Don't take it too seriously. Just go for it. Um, play around. You know, when we're kids and we're not worried about what we're going to be good at and what people are going to think, usually. Um, so yeah, let's get back into that mindset of just trying something new and learning and being open. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with me. I'd like to share um, a protection spell that I did years ago. I don't even have a date on it. This must have been 2018-ish, early 2018. Um, and it's a crystal grid. So a uh, crystal grid is you take a shape, um, usually some kind of sacred geometry. Um, and there can be, you know, two or three shapes kind of together um, inside of each other. And, um, ooh, that sounds dirty. <laughs> and so it incorporates the sacred geometry, numerology, and the crystals, obviously. So here I did a protection crystal grid. And I wrote out the intention as protect me from all forms of harm. That's pretty vague. I would suggest, <laughs> now that I know better, to be a little bit more specific in your spells. Um, and so the shape here, you can draw or you can find one and print it out. So I have a circle with a hexagram inside it. And all the points are touching the circle. So I'll show my people watching live. I took a picture. See? And in the center, there's a big chunk of black tourmaline. Then at the six points of the uh, hexagon, so there's, a, you know, as you have the, the points going, there's the shape inside the points. So at the points of the hexagon, there's hematite at each point. Um, Oh, it's hematite and tiger's eye alternating. And then we have at the points of the hexagram, so the star points, there's clear quartz points pointing outward. And then in between those points on the circle line, we have uh, amethyst points um, kind of staying in line with the circle. Now I can, I think I can post a picture of this in the show notes. So I, I'll, there might be a picture for you to reference. <laughs> um, now, when you do a crystal grid, you want to write your intention down on a small piece of paper. Uh, if you have, um, you know, any special paper, like intention paper, sometimes they make intention paper that you can burn. Feel free to use that. You can write it on a bay leaf even. I've done that before. Um, and you just fold it up so that you can't see what you've written and put it underneath the large stone in the center. And that will um, kind of, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? It calibrates the crystal grid, I guess, um, to do what you're asking it to. And then to make it really powerful, I like to take a wand or a piece of a long piece of selenite, like a selenite wand, and take um, take the the point and you start at the large stone and draw in the air 
a line from the large stone to each of the inner stones. Then connect the stones in a circle. Then go to the next level, you know, so you start with the hematite and the tiger's eye, um, kind of drawing a web, and then go to the clear quartz, you know, draw a line to each of those, then draw a line from the center to each of the amethyst, and so on and so forth. Um, and you can do this as feels right to you, whatever stones you feel need to be connected to each other. There's a, a bunch of ways to do it, I found, because I'm like, okay, well, what if I want to connect the amethyst to the hematite? What if I want to draw a line there? So that's all up to you. There's really no wrong way to do it. Don't give me hate for saying that. But I believe <laughs> that it's very personal and it's your crystal grid. It's for your intention. And so if you want to connect, you know, the hematite to the amethyst or the tiger's eye to the clear quartz, it really doesn't matter. You're just using the energy of the wand, using the wand to direct your energy from your field into the crystal and guide it to show these crystals. Okay, you're all related now. I want you all working together. I want you to protect me in this way. Okay? Um, I feel like I'm making it more complicated than it needs to be. You're basically putting crystals in a pattern that's going to generate a field of energy. So when you talk about crystals in particular, and I'll do another episode on crystals entirely um, and how they work and stuff, but basically a crystal can change the frequency and the... Um, aura around it, I guess. And so when you put them together in a sacred pattern, then it becomes one unit almost. And so, you know, they're, they're all doing what they do individually, but then it's making a whole symphony of vibration and energy that now takes on a new meaning and can do so much more. And even down to the direction that you're pointing things, even the center stone, um, the shape of it can change how well it works. So if you have a tower or a pyramid, um, those are going to direct energy straight up. I mean, it's kind. I mean, they're pointing up, you know. So that's kind of obvious and easy to remember. Um, so that's kind of like sending your intention up to, um, you know, the, the deities, the, the great beyond, <laughs> I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Um, so if you use a sphere, you know, I have a, um, angelite sphere and I haven't used it in a crystal grid before because I like to use it for scrying, but you could put a sphere in the center of a grid and it would shoot the energy in all directions um, equally. So that's a really good one for the house. Um, now I want to buy a tourmaline sphere. That would be perfect. Anyway, you could make a house grid with the sphere in the center and it would permeate the entire house. That'd be a great idea. Um, raw chunks are fine. It's just that the energy is going to be, you know, scattered um, according to the, the rough shape on the outside of the thing. It's going to bounce off in different directions. That's all. Doesn't um, mean that it's going to work any less. It's just not going to be, you know, super impressive, I guess. Um, so that's what I have for you for protection today. All right, um, let's do our Harry Potter reading. Yay! Yay, Hogwarts houses! Okay, I am now using my 
very first tarot deck that I ever got. And no, it wasn't gifted to me because that's bullshit. I bought this myself in Salem, Massachusetts. And I was so excited because I was like learning about stuff online. I was reading books and I was like, I'm going to be a witch. And so I went into Salem. Oh my gosh, I'm rambling. Okay, long story short, I bought my wand and this deck and a bunch of other stuff. And it was a great time. This is the Revelations tarot deck um, by... What's his name? Wong. I can't see the whole book. Zach Wong. It's Zach Wong. And I love the imagery on here because it looks like stained glass. It's very beautiful and it has two sides to every card. So when you're doing reversed cards, it's um, really easy to tell what the the difference in the meaning is when it's reversed. So, cool. Now let's see. Gonna do a little shuffly shuffle. If any of you are learning tarot, don't feel like you have to do reversals. It's completely up to you. Um, some decks, like this one, are, you know, really suited to that and easily reading that. And others are not. Um, some of these cards with the thick borders and like the, um, the little snippet at the bottom that tells you what it means. Uh, like my spirit song tarot. Those are kind of hard to read reverse because the words are upside down. shuffling that's the best time to think about your intention and what we're asking and we're asking what is the week gonna look like for each of the Hogwarts houses this week da, 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 da. okay cut the deck There we go, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, and Slytherin. Okay. I cut them into different piles just for this Hogwarts thing because, um, I don't know. I don't know why. That's just what I feel like doing. <laughs> That's what I did last time, and that's what I'm going to do this time. Okay, Gryffindors. Nine of Swords reversed. So the Nine of Swords, I love this card This in this deck because it's very different from the traditional Rider Waite imagery. So instead of a person in a bed with swords on top of them, it's someone trying to get out from between two sword points, pointed kind of in front of them. So this is kind of like breaking free of your own nightmare. So I can see how a Gryffindor would have a very hard time in this current climate, the way that we're starting to have to isolate again and wear masks and, you know, social distance and try not to go out so much. like. We're having another resurgence of the COVID stuff, and so it's like, Gryffindors are kind of, not kind of, very outgoing and, you know, needing that interaction. So this is kind of like your nightmare, and, and I can appreciate that. Um, so the Nine of Swords is saying that you can, you can get past that, um, and it's probably going to hurt. This guy's hands are like on the blades themselves. And it looks like it's cutting into his hands, but he's he's still trying to push through and get out of it. And I let I love that it's so different from the upright imagery where the woman is succumbing to these uh, the swords. And so let me just clarify: the swords are your own thoughts. Um, so when I say your nightmare, it's how you're seeing it; it's your perception of it. 
so you can succumb to feeling like you know the world is just a mess and you can't do anything about it or you can push those thoughts or those swords aside and make the best of it so that's all i have to say about that for gryffindor Ooh, hufflepuffs your time baby you have the world so the world is number 21 in the major arcana which is actually the 22nd card because the fool is zero so this is the last in the major arcana and it's it's a circle it's not the ending just because it's the last it's also the beginning and so you know there's flags there's laurels on here it's the end of a cycle and the beginning of the next it is completion it is fate if you believe in fate i partially believe in fate kinda like if i believe that you have a uh a mission and like something that you're supposed to do but like all of the nitty-gritty is not planned out to a t i feel like you know you might have a purpose you probably have a purpose but how you get there is entirely up to you so when i say fate i'm talking about your purpose on this planet so hufflepuffs you're probably going to have a really great week um doing your soul work and embodying who you're meant to be so good for you enjoy it ravenclaws that's me five of wands reversed oh gosh this is i feel that i can feel that right now what is on my screen okay i can't tell if something's on my screen or on my camera but whatever okay five of wands reversed is unfriendly competition so an upright five of wands is like practice like friendly competition like the olympics or like you know a friendly bet with your coworkers on who can do the best or whatever you know um reversed they actually have someone punching someone else in the card oh the light's gonna ruin it there we go like literally punching someone so that's great um, don't fight, Ravenclaws. That's totally not our nature. You may be getting into a fight about something that is... You're, that you're very passionate about. So maybe like a righteous justice kind of fury. I don't know. There's a lot to be... You know, not, oh, there's a lot to have righteous fury about these days. So that's understandable. Just... Be careful not to take it out on the people around you. This is a very hot, fiery card, and you don't want to blow up on someone and make things worse for yourself. So just let me included. Let's try and chill out. We're Ravenclaws. We can think through logically the best way to handle whatever situation comes up. So cool it. Slytherins. Aw, Three of Cups reversed. So the Three of Cups is like the party cup. Party cup. Party card. Um, and that's the one you might see on, like, if you follow tarot things like I do. You probably don't. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's always like three people with cups dancing and having a party and drinking and just living it up. And reversed is when you go overboard and there's too much partying, but also too much interaction. Uh, the cups represent the element of water, which rules emotion. So if your emotions are getting too out of hand. We don't only worry about negative emotions in in the Bhagavad Gita, which is a um, Hindu scripture, the Bhagavad Gita talks about 
not going to either extreme. Your mind is best served not enjoying or being depressed too much. So anytime you're overly happy or overly excited about something material, you then have the tendency to swing back too far into depression and anxiety and that kind of shit. So that's something I struggle with understanding is how can you be too happy? And I guess what I would say is that it's not warning you to not be too happy. It's telling you not to expect that to happen all the time. You can't think that, you know, this is great, I've made it, and everything's going to be like this forever. Obviously, it's not. There's going to be ups and downs no matter where you are in life. You could be making millions of dollars and you're still going to have bad days. So keep that in mind, my little Slytherins. Um, You might be, might have had a really great week. you know, the storms, if you're on the East Coast, the storms might have given you a lot of energy because Slytherins have a lot of water energy, I think. So, um, you know, that storm probably felt really good to you. I enjoyed it and I'm not even a Slytherin. But, um, you know, you got to come down from that high eventually and it's the more controlled you can come down from it, the better so you don't get hurt. Okay. That's all. Um, Some very different cards here. I'm looking at the four of them and like all the colors are different and this is very interesting. I should use this deck more. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions or comments, please leave me a message. You can contact me on Instagram at illuminatedmoon underscore evanora. Um, You can also leave a message here on Anchor or Spotify. And... um, Yeah, subscribe, get notifications when I have a new episode. I'm trying to do them every Monday or Tuesday. Uh, That may change in the future, but who knows? We'll make it work. And I anticipate doing this for a while. So stay with me and um, please do contact me with questions, suggestions, ideas, you know, even just like tell me your story. Tell me about you. I want to, I want to know you guys. So thank you very much for listening and I will see you next time. Bye.